Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Tobin here with you for another edition of Fighter's Fury on 790 The Ticket, FM 104.3 HD2. You can text the show 67974 on the Coral Springs Automall text line. You can call 786-360-0790. Flying solo today. Seaman Tommy Gun's out this week. We have a lot to dive into, a lot of drama that went down this week with the UFC. Uh, I kind of, it was funny, too, because last week I put, like, this, uh, almost this moratorium on fighters being upset with the UFC over, I'm just like, Oh my God, this again, like it's, it's becoming regular. And I almost wanted something not new to be brought to the table, but I, I just, I hope it's something where at least the UFC response, because it feels like a lot of the times these complaints they're going and then there's no, there's no real con. There's no like real response from it, from Dana White. And, it's weird. It's just like the UFC, it's almost like they don't have a voice right now. And a lot of that's been tied into with other reports this week that we'll get into. But this week was interesting because Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson comes out this week. He gives a statement to MMAfighting.com, ends up going on uh, the MMA Hour, and explains how the UFC is basically trying to strong arm him into taking a fight with TJ Dillashaw. And that the initial the initial fight was supposed to be him versus Ray Borg. And the reason why this fight is important to Mighty Mouse is because his next title defense will be breaking the record for most title defenses in UFC history. He tied Anderson Silva with his last win. Remember, that was a whole thing about uh, not having enough belts. And this will be the record breaker. Now... What happened with the UFC is they were planning to have TJ Dillashaw take on Cody Garbrandt. If you guys haven't been following, that's the episode of Ultimate Fighter that's going on right now. This whole season has surrounded those two. Cody's had a bit of a back issue, and because of that, he's not able to fight at UFC 213 like he was originally supposed to. Now we're getting uh, still a great card. I mean, you got uh, Nunes versus Shevchenko, Yoel Romero versus... Uh, Yoel Romero versus Robert Whitaker, and maybe the fight I'm looking forward to the most, Robbie Lawler versus Donald Cerrone. I don't know if there's a fight I'm looking forward to more in the UFC this year than those guys. The only thing I'm disappointed is, is that it's only three rounds, um, if they even need three rounds. It's it, I can't wait for that fight. But that was orig- that was that that main event was supposed to be Cody Garbrandt, TJ Dillashaw. So Cody has some kind of back issue. 
and he's unable to fight. So they're trying to find another fight for TJ Dillashaw. TJ tells Dana White, I want to go down and fight Mighty Mouse. This, I guess, perks Dana White's ears up. Oh, that's a great fight. Let's do it. And, you know, Mighty Mouse had some issues with the fact that they never even really communicated this to him, that that was just the fight. Like, Dana was so in love with the idea that he decided we're going to make that fight. Didn't even reach out to his many-time champion flyweight title holder, Demetrius Johnson. So they wanted to put some stipulations in. DJ said, oh, you know, put some uh, – Put put a put a clause in there that if he misses weight, I get his guarantee, and that the that the fight is off, uh, because his big worry was Mighty Mouse's big contention was that if TJ doesn't make weight, it's not a title fight, it's not a title defense, it doesn't count. So I'd be fighting him for for no point. Like the whole point of this is I want to get the record. This next two pay per view is supposed to be in his hometown, and they apparently haven't been agreed to it. And then the big the big death blow that DJ threw out there was. That he said, Dana White said, if if he didn't take the fight, this was according to to Mighty Mouse, that he was going to shut down the flyweight division. Pretty crazy, pretty crazy that they're going to do. The, they're just done with it. They're going to shut down 125, which seems extreme. I don't know if they ever believe. I, I don't know if that's something. How legit that is? Dana White says it's not true. Came out this week, told TMZ, not true. Um. We've been talking about shutting down the flyweight division for a long time. That he's uh, that he's he's taken that in the wrong way. He never threatened to to shut down the flyweights, and so there's just a couple things I don't get. And you know, DJ went to the route of you know they don't promote him enough and things like that. I'll say this: Demetrius Johnson has been around the UFC a long, long time, and has been you know, doesn't really bitch that much. He, he's He's been a pretty model citizen, model employee for them. And if he's not getting that kind of communication, I can understand why that's frustrating, why you'd want to get that stuff directly from your boss. One of the things I always appreciate the most, um, whether it's going to be good news or bad news, I like hearing things directly from the source uh, rather than just hearing secondhand. Like, I wouldn't want to know, uh, I wouldn't want to read in, the Miami Herald uh, in Barry Jackson's column that uh, sources are saying that the one to three shows considering getting rid of Brian London and they're going to replace him with uh, with X. I mean, like I would like to know that before that's something that's printed. If it's true, uh, if it's BS, you know these rumors happen. But I'm just saying, like I, I want to know something that's going to affect my show or my content directly from the guy who makes that those decisions. Because it affects my career. Those are those those you know. From the standpoint of like, don't drop some kind of crazy nugget on it, and and all of a sudden expect me to be happy that oh I'm finding this out secondhand. Like tell me oh you know sources say this, and you know I haven't heard anything. The first thing first I'm hearing of that is a report, and then it actually turns out to be true. Um, I can understand why DJ would be completely upset by that. Um, the idea that they don't promote him enough, I, that, that to me is a tough sell. I mean, DJ has been on a lot of big cards. He, he had a whole ultimate fighter around him. You know, the fact that the ultimate fighter is not as popular as it used to be. I don't know how much of a fault that is of, of the UFCs. I mean, they're on a network in FS1 that's 
struggling to find its footing as it is, you know? Their biggest audience comes from sometimes Undisputed and then live events. So, you know, I don't know how much of the fault of the UFC that is, but they tried to do that. I understood his frustration with, uh, you know, that that was hard finding an opponent. But, you know, that division has needed some spice up. Like, it's no... He's run through every contender twice, so they are in need of trying to find something. Now, this idea of fighting TJ Dillashaw, I like the fight. I'd like to see the fight, but there's a couple of things I don't get why the UFC is so strong in this fight. One thing is, let's not act like TJ Dillashaw is Conor McGregor. Let's not act like he's any kind of a seller. I would argue he's not anywhere close to Demetrius Johnson. Like, he's not exactly this guy who's gone out there and has been this huge megastar. The only real interesting thing that's ever been tied to TJ Dillashaw, and it's a reason they keep harping in it, even though it's a three-year-old story, is this split with Team Alpha Male. But as far as personality is concerned, you know, it's not like TJ Dillashaw is the most charismatic dude in the world. So making all these demands to make a Mighty Mouse versus TJ Dillashaw fight I don't really get it. I also don't understand why they're so quick to make this quick fix replacement for him fighting Cody Garbrandt. Because I do think there's actually something you can sell there. There's an actual rivalry. These guys hate each other. You put an entire TV show behind it. I don't really get the idea why you want to blow it up so quickly. Because, you know, Dana's out there and he's saying, oh, this is a fight that actually could do business for Mighty Mouse. It's like... It could? You know, like, this has been a year for UFC where if you're telling me that TJ versus Mighty Mouse, what's that going to do pay-per-view-wise? I mean, on the the high end, it's going to do 250? Probably more likely it's going to do under 200. I, I just I don't understand why there's this great fight to get TJ Dillashaw at flyweight. He's never fought there. He could miss the weight. If he does win, is he going to stay there? And is he just going to drop the belt? And then he's going to go back and fight Garbrandt? I just don't get it. And then so, like, are we going to have this great accomplishment of, oh, I'm a two-division champion, yet you're also threatening to to close the division or it's a division you care about so little that you're willing to just, you know, undercut your 11-time flyweight champion like this? It's just weird to me. You know, like, if if the, the idea was, hey, Conor McGregor wants to fight Mighty Mouse Johnson and Mighty Mouse is refusing, I think we'd all sit here and say, hey, Mighty Mouse, you're being an idiot. Like, this is going to this is gonna bolster your career. Yeah, maybe you win, maybe you lose, but at least you're going to be in the most high-profile match of your career. But the idea that it's, Against a TJ Dillashaw, I don't get like even if you were to tell me it was Frankie Edgar, I'm like all right, Frankie Edgar is a former champion, but he's a he's a longtime legend. Like you know, TJ Dillashaw's guy, he defended his belt twice. I just I I, I I'm kind of flustered by why the UFC is so behind getting TJ Dillashaw a title shot, a flyweight title shot, you know. They've they've got so much heat behind him and Garbrandt. Garbrandt was coming out and said, ah, I could be ready by 214. Even if it, even if even if he's not ready by 214, let's say he's ready by 215. Why not put 
put Cody and TJ on the same card as Mighty Mouse and have Mighty Mouse fight Ray Borg. And then you kind of got yourself a little setup for, hey, now that the record's broken, let's have champion versus champion, winner take all. You know, like, this is so short-sighted to me. It's weird that they think that TJ Dillashaw versus Mighty Like, what's the heat there? Like, what, what, behind this, like, I know, you know, TJ's is like, ah, you know, Mighty Mouse is chicken bleep for not taking this fight. I'm like, he is? I mean, you really think that Mighty Mouse is afraid of fighting you? I, I mean, maybe he is, I guess. Um, but, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he said that after he gets his record, like, he's in a willingness to maybe go up to 135. You know, so he's going to maybe go up and wait and fight you in a, in a harder position, but he's but he's afraid? I don't know, man. It's just, it's a weird thing for me. Like, this was, this was um, old school Dana to the fullest this week with, ah, yeah, you're going to, you're going to do it and like it. I'm going to just show, show my strength. I was like, all right. Like, what, is, I don't really get it from Dana's standpoint, you know? He made it big with the sale of the UFC. It doesn't seem like he's got as much responsibility on his hands. He's made $300 million. There's a story in the the Las Vegas uh, papers this week that he bought three mansions just to bulldoze them over to make a compound. That dude's that dude's living large. And this idea that, all right, you're going to bully the guys you can bully. You're going to bully Mighty Mouse Johnson or you're going to strong arm Mighty Mouse Johnson. It's just weird, man. Why? Because, you know, because your most hope high profile fighter strong armed you and to give him a, a boxing match. Like if you want to impress me, if you're Dana white, you know, don't, don't let Connor go fight like that. That would impress me. If you'd actually risk Connor not coming back to the UFC cause you don't want him to fight a boxing match, but you're bending on that. And the most mundane request of Demetrius Johnson. Hey, can I get a call? Can I, can I get a call for, uh, for fighting? to knowing who I'm going to fight. I don't have to read this stuff in the papers. And if we're going to make this kind of a stance, could it not be against TJ Dillashaw? Like, come on, man. What are we talking about here? You, 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 you're throwing out divisions getting closed and we're, th- we're throwing out, ah, the guy's scared. Like, it's TJ Dillashaw, man. TJ Dillashaw, mind you, has got one of the biggest upsets in title fight history because nobody thought a bleep of him two years ago you know the most interesting thing that he's had is a, is a beef with his old coach and I don't mean to dis- like TJ Dillashaw is an excellent fighter he's fun to watch but you know you gotta act like he's some uh, you know blockbuster movie draw not really man so I don't I don't just don't understand from the UFC standpoint why they're so insistent on making this fight happen with if if, if, if if there are so many fights that get turned down man so many so many champions are turning down fight. look what bisbing's doing with gsp and nobody bats an eye at that they're like yeah gsp wants to fight uh bisbing wants to fight gsp instead of a a, a, a monster and y'all remember i kind of get it you know but at least at least that from that standpoint you get the matches because Ed Bisping is going to get to fight GSP, one of the biggest draws in the company's history. It's like Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Yeah. Instead of Ray Borg, you're going to fight TJ Dillashaw. Great. Thanks. Thanks for the consolation prize. No reward with a huge risk. 
Great. Thank you. Silly to me, man. I, I, didn't, I didn't get that this week. We'll recap some of the action that went down at UFC New Zealand yesterday. Uh, seems like one of the UFC's top heavyweights now is, uh, is calling it a career. We'll get to that. And also, we got a huge, huge boxing rematch coming up next week. Sergey Kovalev, Andre Ward 2. We'll get into that as well. Fighters Fury's back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. See when Tommy Gunn's out this week. Last night you had UFC in New Zealand, fight night. Mark Hunt with a fourth round TKO over Derek Lewis. Not a great... Not a great fight. Um, Derek Lewis, he uh, he said something was messed up with his back. He was basically, he looked like he was just a sitting duck for about two rounds. So he ended up, um, you know, both 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 guys took some some pretty big shots. Derek definitely took the the cleaner hard shots. Um, and he said afterwards, probably his last UFC fight, which I was surprised with because I think he just signed a new deal. But says that he's uh, he's getting married. He's had an injury in his back since 2011, and yeah, just didn't didn't uh didn't look great. Didn't look great in this fight, and um, it was an important fight for him. You know, he called out Mark Hunt. He was in a main event, and I would say he's not far off from if he would have won that fight. Wasn't far off from getting a fight with Stipe, and you know now that he takes this loss, uh, you know. Heavyweight's not very deep, so I don't think it would take very much for him to get back into the picture. But if he is hurt, if he if he is dealing with a big back issue, um, you know, maybe the best is for him to take rest. The other thing too is I feel like Derek Lewis fought four times this year, or he's fought since last July. He's been super active. I mean, we're going back to twenty sixteen. He's got six fights under his belt. So been a very, very active fighter very active fighter so i can you know if, if his career comes to an end that's a, that's a huge bummer because i felt like Derek lewis was kind of coming into his own a little bit um obviously didn't look great in this fight but also didn't look very healthy in this fight um and mark hunt just keeps ticking man the guy who uh i think the ufc is trying to snuff out like you know they put him again uh Derek lewis in his in his hometown i think they're trying to hope that's the end of mark hunt and he continues on Derek Brunson had a vicious win over uh, Dan Kelly. Huge first-round knockout, huge left hand. Uh, Dan Kelly went down real quick, and Brunson made quick work of him. So he makes good for the last time. Uh, he was in that part of the world where he had that rough loss to Robert Whitaker. Dan Hooker had a, uh, a vicious KO of Ross Pearson, hit him with the knee right on the chin in round two. Ross Pearson dropped real quick, and Ben Wen defeating Tim Elliott with a rear naked choke in the first round. So... That's kind of the recap and highlights of your action. A lot of quick action from last night in the main event. Not too great. Not too great. But uh, if that is the end of Derek Lewis, I mean, you know, very enjoyable. Great character. Derek Lewis also probably probably the best follow on social media on Instagram. Like the best UFC Instagram account there is. And a lot of it has nothing. To, it, most of it has nothing to do with his fighting. He just finds really funny stuff and puts it on online. And, you know. His his last win over Travis Brown, where he's asking where Ronda Rousey's fine ass is at. Um, excellent interview, like great promo. Like it just kind of felt like Derek Lewis's character was finally blossoming. So the fact that it's coming to an end, it sucks, man. 
Uh, you can text the show 67974. Uh, texter writes in, they need to get rid of the flyweight division, just make everyone move up. I mean, it sounds like they, they were thinking about that. Dana White came out this week with TMZ and said they were thinking about doing that for years, just, just ending flyweight. Um, my, 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 my only argument with be, would be right now is, you know, there's, there's, they're going to open up a flyweight women's division and, I just would find it really weird that you're you're going to add uh, a women's division, which is going to be thin as far as talent's concerned. You've added a featherweight division, which is in complete shambles. You added it for Cyborg, you know, who popped for USADA, had to get cleared. Now is uh, an assault charge maybe looming over her head. Uh, your current featherweight champion somehow won the fight even though Holly Holm got wildly robbed cheated in that fight now says she doesn't want to defend her belt against the number one contender um you know and then there's all these rules of weight cutting that are going to start coming out which seems like they're going to lead to more UFC and mixed martial arts divisions not less so the idea that they're going to threaten to get rid of featherweight to make a point it's just weird you know like there's sometimes like you would just I don't want to pile on Dana because, you know, he does this stuff. He This is kind of his move. Like, he just likes to to throw his, his deal on the table and say, I'm the boss. You know, like he had this week. There was this report from the LA Times that came out that uh, McGregor-Mayweather negotiations are underway. But the interesting part was Dana White not involved. Ari Emanuel and WME are in the negotiations fight and Dana White comes out with this what do they know about making fights like these are your these are your 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 bosses essentially your bosses and uh, your partners and you're like what do they know about making fights it's like hey man you got to you got to chill it out a little bit you know Dana White's in this I kind of felt like he was in this mode where he was after he got the the huge sale like he was he was chilling out but you know now he's kind of gone back on this media tour like he's He's really, really out in front of the media a lot where he really tapered it back. But now since this McGregor Mayweather stuff has come out, like here's the weird thing, all right? Uh, and credit to Jeremy Botter, who is a really, really good mixed martial arts reporter. Um, he covers for Bleacher Report now. You know, he's he's done Bleacher Report before, Flow Combat. He's, he's, a, he's a really, really good writer. Um, and he tweeted out, this uh this screenshot of Dana White and Dana White here's what he says if you look at what it really means pound for pound and Connor doesn't give a bleep he'll fight anyone anytime anywhere and Demetrius is the best pound for pound guy then fight TJ Dillashaw fight somebody that people actually care about and is interested in and there you go but if you go back to what Dana White said uh if what Dana White said right after Mighty Mouse defended his belt the last time he said quote listen he's already the best pound for pound fighter in the world and he strives to be better each time and he gets better each time he's literally destroying people that could can be considered the goat right now not weird like that's weird he doesn't take a fight with tj dillashaw so in your mind in your mind he's not the goat anymore not to go you even though this is and, and the thing that's weird to me is you know, Conor McGregor's not here anymore right now. He's 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 out training for boxing. So if you're the UFC, 
why in God's name are you tearing down any kind of star power that you have or elite guys that you have? Like, it's one of the reasons I think getting John Jones back in the octagon and, and to peak form is so important for the UFC. They got nobody, nobody right now that could draw on their own. Nobody. Not 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 even in, in the high hundred thousands for pay-per-view. Nobody close. And the only thing I think will get close is Jones-Cormier. And I think they need Jones to dominate. And I think they need Jones to reclaim his throne as the best pound-for-pound fighter walking the earth, which he is, and, and really strap a rocket to his back. And it's tough because you can't even count on John Jones to stay out of trouble or to not pop for drug tests. But that's kind of all you got right now. You don't know what the hell is going on with this GSP thing. You thought he was coming out of retirement. Now not so much. Eye issues and biz big fights and Dana White flips from me. Oh, he's going to fight 185. He's going to fight 170, 185, 170, 185, 170. There's no rhyme or reason to anything. But the one thing I think that the UFC should do is build up the guys who are actually here. You know, you want to keep walking around with this feather in your cap with Conor McGregor. Hey, guess what? All that buildup, you know, that guy's doing the magic with the microphone himself. It's not commercials you guys are shooting. So I, I just don't understand this need to tear down everybody because of a TJ Dillashaw fight. What are we talking about, man? That's so weird to me that he he, he he continues to go down this path. But the other thing that's weird is, you know, like the texture points out, oh, get rid of the flyweight division, just have everybody move up. I think TJ probably would have ended up moving up. You know, give him, give him another two fights at flyweight. And then he moves up, you know? Like, let him get his stupid record. Let him get his record. It means a lot to him. And you don't want to know something? That's a cool thing to promote. Hey, this guy who... Does it, doesn't pop for cocaine tests, doesn't get into hit and runs, gets better every time, tries to win in different ways every single time. It guy gets the all-time record. Yeah. Is it in a is it in a, a measly flyweight division? Fine. Sure. But it's still a cool thing that you could build a card around. It's got when you know, people will buy into somebody going for history. It's an easy sell. It's one of the oldest things you could go with record-breaking performances. Like those, those are some of the easiest sells in sports. And Dan was, you know what though? I'd really like to see TJ Dillashaw go get a title shot. Why? What? So TJ, let me get this straight. The two, the simultaneous two champion thing was just done by Conor McGregor. Just done. No one's going to do it better than that. Nobody. You know, like there was talk of Amanda Nunes wanted to fight 135 and 140. It's like, why? No one's going to give that the same treatment as what Connor did. It's like you're kind of, you're trying to do a sequel. And the sequel's just never as good. It's just not. So, it's just, it's a strange flag to plant for Dana White. Where he goes, you know what? The media claims that Moody Mouse is best pound for pound. You did. You did three months ago. You were up there on a podium telling the media, this guy is possibly the GOAT. But now, no TJ Dillashaw fight. Not the GOAT. Strange.
the strange thing. Ward Kovalev 2 is coming up live from Las Vegas next week. We'll get to that fight next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Big, big fight coming up next week, man. Kovalev Ward 2 from the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Leroy and I are going to be out there on Radio Row next week. Very excited to be around the coverage of this fight and be in the building to check it out. Very, very exciting. Kovalev Ward 2 from the Mandalay Bay next week. Guys fought last November. Very close fight. Uh, very, very controversial ending. Ward ended up taking all three uh, scorecards, 114-113. And, you know, it was interesting. Like, a lot of people came, you know, it felt like people wanted to come out and say that Kovalev was robbed. And I remember uh, Kellerman's scorecard was widely in favor of Kovalev. I think it was like 116-111. And I remember thinking just, man, that's crazy to me. I, I, I can't believe you would think it's that lopsided. Because Kovalev ended up, you know, Kovalev ended up getting a, uh, a knockdown in the second round. The first time uh, Ward's been down and was really, really hurt. Like, I thought I thought it was going to be the end for Ward. You know, and ended up weathering the storm and, and coming back. And, and the way that I, I remember the fight going down is it just remembered, you know, Kovalev's, war, uh, Kovalev's pace really, really slowed and... Andre just being super, super accurate the rest of the way. And, you know, Kovalev ended up throwing, landing 10 more punches in that fight, and he was more active. He threw a lot more punches. But I just remember Ward being super, super accurate in that fight. And just thinking, like, little by little, he was just taking rounds. And, and, and you know, sometimes this can drive fight fans nuts because they think, ah, you're not winning the fight. You know, you're, you're pointing your way to victory. But Andre Ward is... You know, he's, he's so skilled. He's so slick. Um, you know, it's not, it's, and he's certainly not the most exciting fighter to watch, but he is still very, very great. He is, he's very, very talented. And, and I remember getting my, to the end of my, you know, the way I usually watch, when I watch these big fights, I usually go round by round and I'll just give a little uh, score to myself and, and, and some notes. And I remember before the judges, Scores came out. I ended up getting. Uh, I gave the last round to to Kovalev, and I ended up with a score of one fourteen, one thirteen. And I remember the judges all coming out with one fourteen, one thirteen, and being surprised. I was like, "Wow, I didn't think, I didn't think they were going to see the fight like that." Like I did. I remember Lampley being very, very onto the theory that. Ward was getting the nod because it was in America. Like, the American judges were giving the nod. I'm like, man, like, we're really doing that? Like, it's it's like it's the cold war. And I know that this is, you know, this is bef- this is just after the election and before all the, the, the Trump-Russia stuff comes out. But I'm like, we, we really think that this is, these American judges are on the take for, for Kovalev-Ward. And so it was a very, very close fight. And the way I always go with fights that are this close is if you think Kovalev won that fight, fine. I'm with you, man. I can see why you could see it. A lot of people go on these things. Why? One of the things I found super odd about that fight was all the judges finding it the same score. It's it's real. Unless a fight is, if a fight's any kind of close, a lot of the times 
judges will either have a split decision. They'll even ha- they'll have the fight going to the other fighter, or they'll have to be different by run. You know, for all three judges to have it the same way for Ward, I found very odd. Um, even though it was the same score I ended up with, and you know, a lot of the media, it was interesting. Like they, if you go to the Wikipedia page for this first fight, they they put out a lot of the scores that even different publications had. Like, you know, um, Associated Press, same score that Harold Letterman had for Kovalev. ESPN.com, 114-112 for Kovalev. Um, Las Vegas Review, 116-112 for Kovalev. But then LA Times for Ward. LA Times, close fight for Ward. Um, USA Today, 114-113, Ward. You know, a lot of people, if you think Ward won, you think he won super close. Um, There's probably a, a... a great deal of people watching that fight had thought, you know, it, Ward needed a lot more time to get himself back in the fight than he did. Um, that maybe people were so impressed with his way to rally back from the knockdown that they were giving him rounds that maybe he didn't deserve. That's maybe one of the theories that could be out there. Um, but I do think he won that first fight, even though it was super close. Um, but the rematch... The rematch is interesting for a couple things. You know, Ward had talked that he was going to retire going before signing up for this fight. So that worries me a little bit. We know that Kovalev can put him down. You know, that was, I think, one of the things that when we went into this fight, would Kovalev be able to touch him enough to put him down? The guy who feels he got jobbed versus the guy who is maybe just taking the rematch because it's good business for him worries me. It So there's just a couple of things in Kovalev's favor that I think that I think could swing this fight going to Kovalev winning the rematch. You know, there was this big they personally really hate each other. You know, there's been some there's been some things with Sergey Kovalev, things that he's posted on social media with with really bad racial tones that have really really upset Andre Ward, and he hasn't he hasn't teetered to that edge where he's full blown gone off on Sergey, but I could see that coming fight week. You know, we had we had uh, media camps this week where they got open workouts and things like that, so I could see it coming. Um, but he hasn't quite gone there yet. He's just like, you guys can can look it up for yourself. You know, Sergey Kovalev's past with that kind of stuff. Not great. Not great. Um, however, however, I I'm a little bit worried with Andre Ward not initially wanting to take this fight. I'm worried that we got word that they had to cancel the face off, like they wouldn't do face off. Ward never showed up for it. Um and, and so there's a little piece of me that's like, how much does he really want to do this fight again? You know, a lot of people don't think that he won that first fight. Do, you know, he's doing a lot of having to defend the first fight, which I think can be mentally taxing. And I think it could also lead to him maybe slipping up in the first, in, in, in the rematch. So if I were to argue why Andre Ward would win the fight, I'd say hey, he's a defensive wizard. He's a very he's one of the most skilled boxers out there. He's got a round now of data in the bank against Kovalev. He knows how to avoid that best shot. But 
I feel like there's more, for me, I feel like there's more leaning towards Kovalev taking the rematch, maybe not letting opportunities slip the way he did. I feel like what Kovalev did was he knew that he could, when he put him on the canvas so early, I feel like Kovalev probably went at the rest of that fight thinking, I can, I can get this guy whenever now. Not realizing the golden opportunity he had, that he probably let off the gas a little bit too quickly. And maybe that was by design. Maybe he didn't want to punch himself out. I don't know. But I feel like if he gets Kovalev, if, if Kovalev gets Ward down in this fight, he's going for the absolute finish. He's not going to let up. He's not going to give Andre Ward the opportunity to get himself back into this fight to score a lot. And so so I find myself leaning more towards Kovalev taking the rematch. And maybe we end up with a trilogy. Well, I guess it depends on how this one ends. I guess it depends if if Andre Ward wants to continue boxing. Because that that was the other thing. You know, just the fact that Ward was talking about retirement and that he didn't want the fight. And it kind of feels like feels like he's fighting this fight just to shut up the critics. And I always think that's a dangerous thing. You know, like you, you, you have to, you have to do so much for yourself. You have to put so much of it in to this for yourself as a fighter that I, I don't want Andre Ward in there for the wrong motivations. You know, money's a good motivation. The fact that this is definitely business wise, even though it wasn't great pay-per-view, um, it's certainly the fight. If you're going to ask, what do you want Andre Ward's next fight to be? Well, I want, I want him to fight Kovalev again. So from that standpoint, yeah, it makes sense. Um, but as far as other motivations outside of business, um, shutting people up, trying to prove that you're the, trying to um, show that it wasn't a, a wasn't a um, a gift. You know, those things worry me a little bit. It, it almost reminds me a little bit of um, reminds me a little bit of Antonio Tarver versus Roy Jones. You know, Roy ended up getting that first fight and and Antonio got the rematch and you know stared at him and said you got an excuse tonight Roy and you know ended up flatlining Roy Jones Jr. It's got a little bit of a feel like that to me like I feel like Kovalev is coming to this thing um, probably the hungrier fighter the guy who really wants to prove a point the guy who feels like he got jobbed um, and then I do wonder if he's gotten in Ward's head a little bit with the with, with all the the personal shots and, and and really just just being in that heel mode of, of getting into a guy to to make him do things he wouldn't normally do so i think i think i'm gonna lean towards ward uh towards kovalev excuse me i think i'm gonna lean towards cord uh kovalev taking the rematch and i think he'll set up for a trilogy fight i think that's what's gonna end up happening and I think that's great. I think it's, I think it's good that we have a rivalry like that in a, in boxing developing. But yeah, just there's just a lot of stuff with Andre Ward going into this fight that I'm just not crazy about. I'm not crazy about him not wanting this fight. I'm not crazy about him feeling like he's got to make a point because um, I feel like that can make guys fight out of their style, and that's not you know like it's not Andre Ward's. It's not Andre Ward's style to go out and try and finish a fight. That's not how he wins. And so I I wonder if he's going to be fighting out of character. You know, Tim Bradley talked about this a lot when he was going to fight Pacquiao again. 
You know, he's like, I'm going to go prove a point. I'm going to go knock him out. And he got eaten alive. Like, you know, you didn't win that. You know you didn't win the first fight. So you're going to go try and be somebody you're not and prove a point in the second fight. And it ends up really bad for you. It ends up, it's just, it's, you're not staying true to who you are. You're not, not sticking with your bread and butter. Um, and I feel like Kovalev, I think, I, I feel like Kovalev, if he just sticks to who he is and doesn't try and, if he doesn't try and, 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 and hold it back, if he does hurt Andre Ward again, I feel like he's going to have a much better game plan to go finish the job. Now, could Andre Ward, could Andre Ward realize the mistakes he made early on and not leave himself so vulnerable and have an even more decisive decision, uh, decisive win this time? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying that's out of the possibility. I mean, these guys are very, very evenly matched. They, uh, they're both, they're both su- superb fighters. But there's a lot of, there's just a lot of outside stuff that makes me feel like Andre Ward's not gonna fight like himself. The, the, and and that that's uh, that's that's troublesome when you when you just when you're an outsider just looking at these things and you're trying to to uh, determine what are these things what, what what could sway the fight one way or another. Andre Ward, the stuff he said, the way he's acted, the not showing up to the uh, the HBO uh, face off. That's just weird, you know, like that he doesn't want to even he doesn't even want to be in the promotion of the fight. I I just wonder how invested he is. And I don't know if that's the thing where he's just so personally angry at Andre at uh, at Sergey Kovalev. But I don't think he's going to win this fight. I think I think I think Kovalev's going to take I think I think Kovalev finishes him this fight. I don't know what round. I'd say probably middleway through the fight. I think Kovalev will. We'll get something that'll really hurt Andre Ward, and he'll know how to finish the job this time. It'll be fun because we're gonna be out in Vegas covering this thing. Leroy and I are going out in the middle of the week. We'll be uh, doing a couple shows from there, watching it live. Very excited to uh, check out the atmosphere for Kovalev Ward and bring you guys a lot of coverage, a lot of interviews for that fight. Should be should be a really really fun time. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.